This episode is brought to you by Affordable Drill Towers. Founded in 2016 by our good friend Steve Sanguidoce, a retired Houston, Texas firefighter, the Affordable Drill Tower was designed and built with functionality and versatility in mind for any training ground. As a standalone training tower and add-on to an existing burn building or connect setup, the Affordable Drill Tower packs a massive punch at an affordable price tag. With over 50 towers across the country, from Massachusetts to California, Montana to Texas, professionally engineered, NFPA and ISO compliant, the Affordable Drill Towers brings the versatility to your training ground. From Main Street USA, the small town fire company in their back parking lot, to the training grounds of the largest metropolitan fire academy, the Affordable Drill Tower fits the bill for price and functionality. Check them out at AffordableDrillTowers.com. And two things I like to talk about also when talking about our friends over at Affordable Drill Towers. One, their customized training program. They have the ability to bring some of the best talent from across the country to your home turf after the install of the Affordable Drill Tower. Designing a customized training program for you and your department, Steve will facilitate some of the biggest and brightest names of the American Fire Service to come in and work with you and your department. And secondly, and I think most important, is Steve's belief in need over greed. The affordable drill tower company gives back to not-for-profits that support organizations in the American Fire Service. Organizations such as the Joey D Foundation, which is near and dear to Steve Sanguidoche's heart, as well as many other not-for-profits that he takes a part of. He takes great pride in providing funding for organizations that push this job forward. So check them out. Steve and Dennis over at Affordable Drill Towers. Send them an email at info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Check them out on social media. And their YouTube page is kicking butt with great information, training nuggets, and information about their towers. So check them out, Affordable Drill Towers, and let them know Jeremy over at National Fire Radio sent you. This episode's brought to you by Ridgeway Leatherworks. Ridgeway Leatherworks is a firefighter-owned and operated business as well as a family-run business, and that's what I love about it. Rob and his family are passionate about their customer service and the quality product and craftsmanship they put out for the emergency services. Rob's been on the show. We've been to his his business. We've seen them in action. I've even tried to hand-paint radio straps. I promise you, it is not as easy as what the final outcome looks like. The product is so good, it's so clean and crisp, and yet, man, it takes that steady hand. Rob's become a near and dear friend of our podcast, and you hear that over and over when we talk about our sponsors, that they're friends, supporters, and that's what this networking community is all about, is supporting one another. Ridgeway Leatherworks, Rob Meyer, crushing it. Quality and craftsmanship is number one. Customer service is right there with it. From custom radio straps, universal radio holsters, chin straps, flashlight holders, anti-sway straps, and locker tags made out of leather, there's plenty of opportunity along the way when you deal with Ridgeway Leatherworks. So check them out at RidgewayLeatherworks.com. Find them on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And tell Rob you heard about him on the National Fire Radio platform and give them a little pluck and tell them keep up the good work we need to support our firefighter owned businesses and especially family run businesses where his two daughters and his wife help out day in and day out along with his other employees so again ridgeway leatherworks check them out at ridgewayleatherworks.com and find them on all your social media channels
What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode, episode 29 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio. I really got to work on this entry because I was, I was doing some editing and I'm like, what's up? What's up? I guess that's my <laughs> opening and my, my guest is just laughing at me because I'm like scared to do this. This is my first like I'm afraid episode because I feel like this guy, he's got a hundred, something like 119 or 120 podcasts under his belt. And a few of them have, uh, I've been the guest on. So yeah. you know, it's him interviewing me. Look, he doesn't even want to wait. He just wants to talk. So Brian, <laughs> Brian Solar, Chief Solar, Assistant Chief Solar, Brian, you, the professional brotherhood, my guest today and my good friend. What's up, buddy? How are you? All right. We're going to start off by you are finally going to say my name correctly. That's have how I been we saying are, it wrong? We are gonna, gonna we're ask, gonna, that's how, how we're going to start it off. It's Solar. Solar. Yes, yes, oh my solar. god. No solar. It's a it's not the solar system. It's not solar power. All right. It's it's solar. So, that's so all right. I usually wait, wait, ignore wait. it. I always ignore it. All right. But I figure you're doing this great intro. Let's get it right today. Right? So how is it? I'm gonna say it again. Solar. Solar. So this solar. is so sad, right? Because <laughs> normally in my in my whopping 29 episodes here. Yep. I'll be like, your last name, it's pronounced solar, right? Sure. Right, right, right. No, <laughs> right? That's what I do with my guests all the yeah, time. <laughs> People Listen, I'm for years. I skipped it today. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna make you feel podcast. I'm gonna make you feel good about yourself because normally what happens is people ask me, Hey, how do you pronounce your name? Do I have it right? And I correct them. And then as soon as they hit the record button or they go live on whatever it is, they say it wrong anyway. So <laughs> it's all good. No worries. In my I'm, head, I'm, it's still solar. <laughs> I've been dealing with it for 53 years. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So this is the fun part of podcasting, right? When you, you have some friends that you get to come on the show, you know, and, yeah. um, and you and I've known each other now for, I couldn't even tell you when we met along this journey or how we met. Right. right. Um, but it, it's been fun. And it, it's weird too, when people are like, wait, you know him. And I'm like, well, I do. We talk a lot about different things. We bounce different things off mm -hmm. of each other. And I don't think when people are looking at social media pages or whatever, they realize how many of us are actually personal friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I agree. People just, uh, you know, I think they kind of assume that, you know, everybody is a, you know, a, a Facebook friend or an Instagram friend or whatever. You don't actually ever, like, really pick up the phone and talk or send a text message or something you know and uh you know i mean it, obviously a large majority of the people we interact with it is just that but they're they're some of us do actually get to know one another over the years you go a little <laughs> deeper than just that like facebook uh, right 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 exactly yeah it's funny too because you know it's not everybody like uh, then i say things like this and people are like oh then you're friendly with all the people you deal with and i'm like oh no some are just a message here or there sure yeah, um, yeah. but you find these different connections and i think that's something that, that you and i kind of found and it, it it goes to what you preach in the professional brotherhood you know because mm. we talk about that professionalism when we may see something online that has occurred and we're yeah, talking yeah. to each other about it instead of bashing sure. the people online that may have yeah. or may yeah, not have done it right right yeah for sure yeah no doubt yeah well and that's the way it should be right it's you know sometimes you want to take the conversation a little bit further because you realize you see things that you're like oh you know they make you cringe but, you know, at the same point, you don't want to go on and publicly bash somebody. You know, I, I just you I I just I actually was just uh, teaching last week and the 
uh, one of the scenes from Down Your Way came up while I was of teaching. Of course, of course. And, you know, I said, listen, bad people, bad guys? No, I'm sure they're all great guys. I'm like, maybe need a little bit more training. Maybe got themselves in a situation that was kind of a little beyond their normal skill set. Probably doesn't make them bad guys. Doesn't mean we can't learn from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it, it, but those are the conversations you kind of want to have to the side or in a, in a, in a, you know, private setting, not a back and forth on, uh, uh on whatever platform you choose to use. Wherever, wherever yeah. you want to type about it, you know, right, it's right. a learning experience, you know, and I think that's a huge part of, again, professionalism. And I feel like that's going to be our, our constant theme today because mm -hmm. that's what you've based your platform off of since day yeah. one is just being a professional. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to say that uh, I haven't uh, made some jokes privately or to some friends about situations like that too, because that's what it is. But it's when you sure. go public with it. And to me, it's even crazier to know that there are folks out there that are creating uh, fake profiles, you know, or like they're, they're that I'm just going to make this profile so I can go and bash people for whatever I truly feel as opposed to not doing it themselves. Sure. Sure. Well, listen, that, that I I've talked about this over the years. Um, I, I talk about it in the opening of our, our seminar that we do. Um, that's kind of what got me on this journey was, was the profiles that were dedicated to really nothing but bashing more volunteers than than the career yeah. side but but we're just pretty much dedicated to bashing volunteers and and i'm honest about it when i say that hey we're giving them that content to use right people are actually out there doing this stupid crap right so they're not staging the content that they're using but this is not us, right? This doesn't represent us, right? There's plenty of there's plenty of volunteer firefighters out there that take this job very seriously. And, and you know, we can't allow ourselves to be defined by these ridiculous situations and by these profiles that nobody even knows who the brains are behind the operation, right? But their sole goal is to just go on there and make us all look like a bunch of boobs, you know? And then just, and, and again, it adds to that, like you said, we're providing them with right. the fuel to do this. So yeah, yeah. we have to take that own responsibility back to ourselves. You sure. know, it's the same. And, and you and I talk about this a lot because again, I'm on the career side and you're on the mm -hmm. volunteer side yeah. and we do just as many things that can be seen that way as well um, and get put out there that way. And it's that always, you always have to, I don't want to say you always have to be on guard, but you always have to be prepared for what someone may be seeing and how they may be sure. perceiving it from what you're putting out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Look, there's, there's lazy undertrained slugs in the volunteer service and there's lazy undertrained slugs in the career service. I don't, you know, and if anybody wants to argue that point, like I'm sure the both of us will argue it all day long. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it it is what it is. That's it's that's, life, right? This that, is that's life. yeah, that's life. It's the same at my day job, right? There's people that are go getters and want to go, 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 and are always striving for the next thing. And then there's people that are happy to get a paycheck every Friday and go home. And, you know? and that's it too. Like just because you work in the emergency services field or you volunteer in the emergency services field, it, it doesn't change you. You right. know, in, in every field, there's bad doctors, there's bad. Sure 
people that check you out at the grocery store. There's yeah. <laughs> right. There's yeah. you can be a lazy slug in everything you do. Sure. Absolutely. hundred percent. It's trying to hold yourself accountable, I think, is what that really comes back down to. And I think, again, that's something that you're out there trying to per se or, or right. um, not per se, good luck, uh, push out there to everyone. But, sure. you know, a lot of a lot of my listeners here for the size of aren't uh, involved in emergency services because mm-hmm. we kind of cross over into that lifestyle. And, and yeah. I know even for me, you know, I did start out as a volunteer. Um when there's so many different types of volunteer firefighters or emergency providers across the United States, you know, and, and you're kind of more of an expert on that field than I am, I guess is a good way to put it. But can you just kind of explain the different levels of maybe like paid on call, 100% volunteer, like any any way to break it down for folks that may not know? Yeah, so there's so there's lots of different systems out there now, and, I, and I'm not even really familiar with many of them, you know. Um, you know, here around me in, in, in my part of the world in New York and, and most of what I, most of what I deal with out when I'm teaching it, it's the line's pretty drawn. It's either, you know, it's either you're, you're on the career side, um, or you, you're hundred percent volunteer. Now, some of us, um, you know, are fortunate enough to have retirement programs, uh, some States, um, have different types of retirement programs. Like I know in Jersey, they do a lot of departments do like these stipend programs where they're quarterly instead of, you know, at the end of your life cycle, when you're ready to retire. Um, You know, there are systems out there that are, that are paid on call uh, where I think they, um, we do have, we do have a couple um, departments in our area that have hired. And some people are probably going to cringe at this i'm sure but that have hired people to work in the fire station as maintenance people janitors whatever they call them and then when the tones drop they clock out and they become a volunteer um i get the argument to that it's kind of like it's like kind of making somebody a career guy but not you know, like, <laughs> you, you, it's, you know it's, what I mean? It, 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 yeah, it's like it harkens to you're, you're keeping a lot of, uh, I guess, benefits from yeah, them maybe. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but there are those systems out there. You know, again, there's the, there's the paid on calls. There's the paid per calls, you know, where they get uh, a, a certain small monetary amount per run that they go on. Um You know, that's it's, the, yeah. it's hard too when you, when you look at the volunteer service and in, in anything we do volunteerism mm-hmm. itself is down you yeah. know when it comes to being i mean there's any number of facebook posts come be a baseball coach for the little league you know sure. like, or come you know do this or can you volunteer my kids in his play tonight like they need volunteers to sell tickets it takes 20 minutes before the show two nights and uh, i'm not yeah. i didn't volunteer to do that you know right like, it's right. just how our time works, you know, yeah. and, and how society sees us. And when you look at an emergency services end, you know, we talk about tradition all the time. Mm-hmm. In the 30s and 40s and 50s, volunteering was something you did because you worked in the town that you lived in and sure. there was a very minimal call volume. Granted, every call was probably a fire at that point. Right, 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 right. Now we fast forward to today's society, which we all know is different. So it's hard to really attract them. And you see people trying to do creative things within the volunteer service, but you have to start to question yourself when that's not going to work anymore, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Life has absolutely changed. I mean, look, I, I look at, I look at my upbringing compared to you know my life right now my my mother was a was a stay-at-home mom she was able to do that right my dad was a hard worker but my mother was always home and I knew lots of friends of mine whose mothers were always home and their dad was out working right how many people in your social circle do you know where where somebody's a stay-at-home whether it's a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom right where somebody's a stay-at-home right Very I, I don't know any, right? I can't think of I off the top of my head, I can't think of any. And and the more the the norm is more mom works, dad works, and one of them might also have a side hustle, right? So they're doing two jobs or three jobs. Or so now you try to factor in volunteering, right? Which is a job, whether you want to admit that or not, uh, you know, it, and the commitment that comes along with volunteering, um, it's it can be very it can be very difficult, and that's that's one of the that's one of the tough things to overcome in the recruitment world, right? For is sure. is is getting people the training that they need to have in order to do this job uh, within their working it into their life schedule, right? Can be a real challenge. And that mentality is so hard too, because you see it in the, in the volunteer ranks, especially I know near, near where I am, you know, your volunteers are either super young mm -hmm. or super old. Right. And I'm not even so sure the super old is going to be a thing in the next 10 or 20 years, because that middle range, mm -hmm. you know, like when I was volunteering and I was 19 and 20 years old, all I was mm -hmm. doing was working EMS um playing video games partying sure. volunteering and trying to get on the job you know those were yeah. really easy um had you in my life now where i have finn and declan and the dog and a house and a pool mm -hmm. that keeps turning green and this side hustle and you know tracy working four days a week type things sure yeah the time is just not there i mean i could run I could probably run to the volunteer firehouse in my town faster than some of the folks that volunteer there drive yeah, yeah. there is yeah. an easy way to do it. But yeah. I, I just don't have the time to commit to say, Hey, I'm going to do this. Right. Um, because you're, you're, you're the type of person that wants to do it, right? You're not going to go down there and be like, Hey guys, I want to volunteer. And then they're like, Hey, where the hell's Pip? You know, anybody seen Pip? Like you, you don't come back for a month and a half or whatever. You, you know, those guys, those guys yeah, still yeah. exist. <laughs> those guys still exist. With the sticker, yeah. they put the sticker on their car. Yeah. Oh yeah, the again. sticker, the T-shirt, the license plate, like the whole nine yards. More lights than a than a, than a, a Christmas vacation, you know. But uh... <laughs> 20, 20 years ago, those guys were around. In the yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, believe it sure. hasn't changed. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, <laughs> but you know there are ways to, uh, and and I've learned a lot since starting this podcasting because i've talked to so many people in so many different systems you know and and i i i've learned things even with neighboring states like you know i had a i had a couple guys we did a, a seminar here uh here in my county uh, last year a couple guys traveled up from down in jersey to the seminar and i didn't realize that um in in new jersey it's pretty much you're either a firefighter or you're not there's like no like you can't be an exterior firefighter right yeah, but but yeah they don't you don't have it right and that whole concept to them was like that's wild like how do you do that i'm like well the way the new york state has set up their training program 
it's it's in steps like you can go take a class to be a scene support person like you can come in you can do everything on the outside of the building to support the 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 full the interior firefighters but you can't break that idlh right like you can't you can't put an scba on you can't go into the building you can grab ladders and bring them to the building but if it's smoky you got to set it down and let one of the other guys take it but you know for our recruitment we get a lot of people that can fill other roles right within what we do um but will never fill that role as a structural firefighter you know, um, which is great because it takes some of the load off um, guys like myself that, uh, you know, have hey, you don't a have million other that, things you know? I could be doing. Right, right. Exactly. I, I so it's, really it's interesting that, you know, that when you learn about different restrictions on different systems, you know, they're like, hey, if we could do this, you know, we could probably have a dozen more people that could help support the people that are doing everything all the time. You know, that aren't really at that. And again, I didn't really know that. And that may yeah. explain why when I see so many people with beards and I'm like, how does that guy have a beard? Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> like, pet, how does that work? It depends. Pet, on pe pet peeve of mine. Trust me. There are, there are plenty with beards that are still putting an SCBA on you know, the, the old shave for the fit test. And then two weeks later, you know, it's back on their face. There's, there's plenty of that going on around, around, uh, as well, but, uh, you know, you pick your battles. Yeah, but it's it's also too one of those things where, like, you know, again, looking at that social media post to go back to kind of what we started. Yeah. I had no idea that some places I shouldn't say I had no idea. It's not something that I think about because we don't sure. have them here. Um, yeah. but when you look at that, it's kind of compared to like the military system where like, look, man, there's there's people that are seals and there's people that are um uh like infantry. But there's also right. a whole host of people supporting them that don't fill that role. You know, I mean, they all right. learn those things. But for some folks, you're just not meant to be in the infantry. You know, you're meant to do sure. this or you're meant to do that. And it's important roles that have to get filled. Um, where I am, we just we all fill every role because that's the way it works. <laughs> right, right, right. But think, you know, think about it from from like an agency like like my, my perspective, right? I, we run 225 calls a year, right? Most, the majority of, I mean, we do quite a bit in district. The majority of our fire is mutual aid, right? And the majority of what we do is not fire, right? We don't do EMS, right? We do, the only thing we do EMS is uh, cardiac arrest and respiratory arrest. That's, that's all we do, right? But we do, you know, we're the swift water provider for the county where we do uh, UAS drone operations for the county and, and beyond, uh, you know, wildland firefighting, all, all these things that we do that don't require being a structural firefighter, right? Yeah, like the drone so, thing is. Right. So I, I can use all these other people that, you know, if, if you had to go through a firefighter one program to be a member of the, of the department, right? I don't know what I'd have, you know, I, I would have the core 20 is probably what I would have. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have the other 20 that fill all those other roles, you know? So and it's that, that program too. I mean, again, that goes back to the, the, the narrowing and volunteerism mm -hmm. EMS fire. The class just keeps getting longer and longer oh, yeah. and longer, you know, way back in the day when you and I became EMTs and I'm not sure what your first EMT program was like, but I think mine was like 60 or 80 hours maybe yeah about that it was like really hardcore like we had a lot of like hardcore like i just someone just one of the kids at work because uh, you know you're old when you say this but they're like what's an emtd 
Like, why does it say D <laughs> on some of our labeling? Because we just never changed <laughs> yeah, our labeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, because I I was so young, I, I couldn't do it when I became an EMT. But when I turned 18, I got to take a nine-hour class about how to use the defibrillator. Yeah. And looking back at me, I'm like, three hours was taught by a cardiologist. And I really had no idea what that man was saying. I was just nodding my head in agreement and looking Crazy, at squiggly right? lines. Like, this is, I think I'm meant for the fire service, not this. Whereas yeah. now, you know, my kids know how to use an AED. They're 10 and 13, you know? Sure, like, sure. Yeah. It's so crazy to see how that's gone, but the classes are, are getting longer. Um, not necessarily easier. It's just changing. But even for us, we keep adding, we're doing our own training academy. We keep adding weeks to it because we're mm -hmm. teaching our recruits more things, which is amazing. But right. it's like, this just keeps getting longer and longer. I went for four weeks and then it's like, okay, time to go on the fire engine. Go. <laughs> my, my first class in 1990 was firefighting essentials. And that was the the basic class. Like you got done with that. You didn't even go into a live fire, right? Like it was optional if they did live fire back then. 39 hours. <laughs> and you're in. 30, you're 39 in. hours. And you were good. God bless. The, go do great a, things. When you look at the origins of the uh, the volunteer service too, you know, it was like even the career service. Like when my dad got hired, it was like, okay, today's your first day. You're a fireman. Do yeah, what the yeah. guy next to you does you know the same yeah. being a volunteer like all right tonight you're on the volunteer here's a coat maybe a helmet and some boots and you're good yeah yeah it's wild if this thing runs out of air disconnect that that trunk line and shove it in your coat you'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> but that it all it all goes to that like you know life is changing you know the same mm -hmm. reason why you have a platform the same reason why i have a platform and we're trying to advance this and keep it going and, and you have to remember those traditions you know and that's something jeremy talks about a lot on national fire radio mm -hmm. but you also have to adapt and overcome to what we're dealing with today right. and just because we did it this way many moons ago i mean my department has been on 24-hour shifts now for 18 years mm -hmm. and some of the things we do we still do the same way that we did them because we work the 10s and 14 schedule Oh, okay. <laughs> like it's been 18 yeah. years. There's um there's maybe 20 of us that even work tens and fourteens, <laughs> I guess at this point with mass retirements. And right, it's right. But we do this because we did it that way. We never switched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that's that's all over, right? I mean, it's uh tradition is great, but we can't live in tradition, right? We can honor it hundred percent, but we that we can't we can't live there, right? We've, we've got to, we've got to progress and we've got to realize that, that things, things change and they're going to continue to change. And uh, this, look, this is an ever evolving profession. If you're not, if you're not picking up new things just about every day, you're probably going to fall behind pretty quick. Yeah. And that's, that's in life in general. Mm -hmm. You know, that's even, I'm trying to teach my, my boys that now, like we, you have to keep learning. Like mm -hmm. I have to keep pointing out things. Like I just got a, a a message this morning from someone and the just the way the person wrote it, I'm like, is this person being a dick to me? Or is this person <laughs> is it just the way they write? Because you know, texting, there's sure. no tone in texting, there's no inflection no. in texting unless no. you're using all caps, which could just be an accident too. But right. I'm teaching my boys that because they're like, you know, the kings of actually. My boys are not the kings of text messaging. At least they don't return text messages to their parents like they should. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I, I understand that. 100%. <laughs> no one taught us how to text, right? right. We just learned. Yeah. But I have to teach my boys how to text now so they don't get caught up in something we don't want them to be. So sure. that's evolution, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you have to teach young firefighters how to use social media as firefighters because, you know, you may have them putting their bunker pants on and oiling themselves up for a picture in front of your fire apparatus that you're like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, permission to do that, buddy. that, that, you know, that goes back to that whole professionalism thing and understanding that, you know, once you decide to put on that t-shirt, right. You're representing something much bigger than yourself, right. You're representing the fire service as a whole. You're representing your agency and, uh, you know, we have plenty of soapbox moments. We all have plenty of soapbox moments when we're talking, but we, you know, we're, we're also honest about it. Like, sure. When I was a 21 year old kid, did I live in a fire department t-shirt? Absolutely. Everywhere I went, I probably had every color under the rainbow representing every agency, you know, yeah. um, you know, it didn't matter if I was at a bar or a club or whatever. I had my fire department t-shirt on right years later. Am I still doing that? No, I don't want like, unless I'm at the firehouse or on a call or, you know, maybe casually, occasionally, like if I'm out, I'm it's, I can, I can tell you the same thing. I was wearing fire department t-shirts all the time. And am I still doing it a decent amount? Probably. But now I was buying them, them just to, I was getting them then just to get them. Whereas now like, oh, the local next to me is doing a fundraiser and they're selling a t-shirt i'm gonna buy that t-shirt you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah. you know like those types of things i put so much more meaning behind it and then if someone even asked me even guys i work with like whoa why are you wearing that other department's shirt like oh this was a fundraiser like yeah right the other day one of my guy a guy in my shift uh not normally from my house was in in my house acting and uh he had a a t-shirt on from another local department in our union and I'm like, oh, I've never seen that one before. And he's like, oh, yeah, they were using it to raise money for their veterans fund. And he was a vet. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I wish yeah. I would have known that was out there. I would have just been like, here, here's my donation, you know, yeah, yeah. T-shirt. Well, because it comes back to that whole social media thing, right? We live in a completely different world. So when you and I were coming up in, in this, you didn't run the risk of your photo being posted on every platform because you were out doing something stupid in your fire department t-shirt right now that everybody has a has a camera on their phone right everybody is looking to catch somebody doing something and the perception you know that i mean i i really i really have a hard time with the drunken firefighter perception i i, I really do right and i've had it a few times over the years come up where you know like the donation after doing something was the case of budweiser that shows up at the firehouse and i'm like it like i I don't i just don't like that perception it's like i'd rather you give nothing or a 20 dollar bill if that's what you can do because you felt like you needed to do something it it just kind of it's just kind of like a, a knife in the side to think, hey, I'm going to buy you guys a, a case of beer because firefighters drink beer. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking beer. Like I enjoy it. you. I know you enjoy drinking a beer every once in a while. So do I. It's all good. It's just the perception I don't like. Right. That we're all a bunch of drunken firemen, you know, because like, yeah, like we, we have an engine company in our college area. And this happens, it's happened a couple of mm-hmm. times in my career where, you know, the, the guys will help college kids, get, you know, whatever it is, whatever the call is, however it is. And these yeah. are young, young kids, college. Sure. Kids. Yeah, yeah. 
and they'll come to the firehouse and be like, here, we brought you guys a six pack of beer. And the guys are like, we can't take this from you. Like, thank you. We don't take anything. We get paid. And, and you get offered money. You know, we've been. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've gotten trays of empanadas. We were just actually telling the rookies the other day about um, COVID times. And somebody was like, well, the food was good because it was like every day we were yes. getting restaurants just, you know, uh, when it was support your local emergency responder times. Um, but you, you'll occasionally get where someone will be like, you know, oh, let me get you guys some beer. And it's the same thing where like, no, we're working, we can't. And it's weird that you have these young college kids, 21, if they even are 21 years old, and that's still their perception. Yeah. Let me give these guys some beer. And adults, from what I've noticed, will be like, oh, I understand. The college kids will just leave the, come, go run down the side of the firehouse, leave the case of beer and run away. And yeah, yeah. everybody's like, what do we do here? Yeah. Who's going to pick it up? Right. Yeah, like, right. Because, and, and there's at least they're smart enough to, to even realize that, like, who's going to pick it up? Like, and right, it, right, right. Well, not even usually what happens in that circumstance, from what I've understood, you know, um, the next morning at shift change, someone going home will take it home. Yeah. yeah because yeah. it doesn't belong there, but you, you still have that perception. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, again, going back to professionalism. You know, that's really professional of the guys that work at that house to be like, obviously, one, we can't accept this from you and sure. then should be concerned that this is some kind of a setup because yeah, yeah. people are effed up. Happens, yeah. Happens all the time. Sure. You know, and we just can't leave it there forever. So we need to figure something else out. You know how we're going to deal with this. This episode is brought to you by the affordable standpipe prop. Let's break it down real quick. Steve and the crew at affordable drill towers is doing it again. They've created this fully custom and fabricated standpipe prop to support the fire service. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing piece of training equipment. And I wanna hop into it real quick. It is designed with a four-inch manifold of high-strength galvanized Schedule 10 pipe. The cart manifold are powder-coated red for a durable finish, meaning it's not just a talking piece. It's not something you tuck away on the shelf. This is a training prop that can be wheeled into the classroom and then brought out onto the training ground. And so let's talk about that. In the classroom, there's nothing better than having a hands-on prop in front of the students, in front of the fire companies that are there to learn about standpipe and FDC connections, having that prop in the classroom allows for a great instructional lecture. And then from there, take the standpipe theory and translate it to the training grounds. You could wheel the cart out that's on casters, you wheel it out into the parking lot, and that same training prop that you just used hands-on in the classroom can now be used hands-on on the training ground by pumping into it and flowing out of it. It offers such versatility in its approach. It has a two and a half inch Siamese connection, seven two and a half inch outlets, six of which are standpipe valves, has a water motor gong, sprinkler head with a control valve, and a system pressure gauge. You can also upgrade and put three of the most common field adjustable PRVs. I'm telling you right now, this is a game-changing training prop that needs to be in every fire company or training department across the country. Reach out to Steve and the crew, info at affordabledrilltowers.com. Ask for a demo, ask for information, or check them out on social media and YouTube. There's plenty of content out there that shows you exactly what the affordable standpipe prop can do for you. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. 
Custom design, one-offs to department orders. They can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers. Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Listen, we have in, in my fire district, we're not a big community. We have a couple of, a couple of restaurants uh, that are also bars, right? One is more of a, I would call it more of a bar than a restaurant, but they serve food, you know, all the time. And, uh, and, and we have had, we had an issue years ago with, with a member. Uh, so we had to bring that member in and we're, and it was a younger member. So he had to come in with his, with his parents actually. And, um, and the comment was made about the fire trucks, meaning the, the chief's vehicles, not the actual fire apparatus being at the bar in the middle of the day. Right. I know who it was, right? There's only three of us and we're all smart enough. First, we have, first of all, we have a zero tolerance policy, right? So uh, there's that. And then I know that the, one of the other guys was in there having lunch, right? With his family. Like you can sit away from the bar at a table and actually have lunch and a nice tea or water. But again, the perception was that this guy was in there with his district vehicle, drinking beer at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, and, you know, you, you nicely explain, well, that's not the case. You know, you can buy food there, you know, but again, it's like you said, it, it only takes one person to snap a picture, right. And write a comment. It's just a little bit provocative. And next thing you know, the keyboard warriors are out in full force and it just, you know, whether it's, whether it's um, uh, deserved or not you still get a black eye. Well, that goes back to, to, and you said it there, that response to it too, you know, because you're going to have that person being like, and we did, we had this at one point in my career where it was like, why is the fire chief's vehicle at a bar? And at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and right. the answer back was we were on a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. A call there. Like, right. Right. Emergencies happen at bars type things. Right. But it's also that response back. You know what sure. I mean? You could go back at them, and this goes back to the professionalism of, of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you could go back at them with a snarky remark. You could go back at them, you know, none of your business type thing, or you can explain the situation and what right. was happening. Because those pictures, yeah. and I used to say this a lot when I taught extrication, is pictures, and, and this was pre-video, so I guess it doesn't work as much. It's a snapshot in time. Sure. You, know, you yeah. don't know the whole incident. The same right. as with the incident you mentioned in the beginning. Like we mm-hmm. only saw part of that incident. We only saw sure. the, or the really bad part. You're not really sure how that all occurred right. Um, right. to get right. to that. But you always have to remember that. And it's our job as professionals, again, to educate people about these situations yeah. and to accept the fact that sometimes we're the wrong ones. Which is oh, hundred yeah yeah hundred uh, percent yeah, yeah we we have to be able to admit fault right and and you've mentioned that that's life right I've been wrong plenty of times in life I've done wrong things and bad things you know if you don't learn from them uh you don't 
you don't move on, right? You just, and you just will keep doing the same stupid stuff over and over again. But yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. If you can't, if you, if you can't learn from your from your errors, you know, then what are you doing? Yeah, it's just you're not doing anything. You know, you're right. just continually making errors. <laughs> right, right, right. Most of those people eventually fail, and those errors put them in places that you don't want to be in in life. Sure, sure. And you know, it's one of the, one of the things that that I, that I've been talking about. It seems like a lot lately, and I I don't know why it's been coming up in in a series of things I've been doing. But it's you know the the being accidentally successful as firefighters, right? Um, where we get the job done and we come back to the station and we might even give a few pats on the backs and attaboys. But when you leave and you're like having that reflection time by yourself, you're like, holy crap, that really could have gone sour really bad in a really bad way, you know? And look, it's great to do good things, but if we're, if we're doing them accidentally, right. Um, eventually <laughs> eventually we're probably going to get ourselves in 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 trouble right I and, and i think it's because i've been teaching a lot of like special ops type stuff lately where you know especially in the volunteer well in in the fire services okay. general in general right we, we're called to everything right i mean look you've had some bizarre water incidents down in your area water flowing through your station right down your main street right if somebody calls you to an emergency and you feel like you can make a difference whether you're trained or not you're probably going to take a chance at making that difference right is it right or wrong i don't know that's for us to debate later right but but the the bottom line is all too often because we're called to these incidents and we feel that duty to act we're accidentally successful getting the job done, but the problem is we don't come back and realize that that's what happened and realize that, hey, you know what? We pulled this off, but this could have gone south and we need to, you know, we really need to look at this and see how we can be better prepared for the next time. Uh, One hundred and like nine thousand percent. Like I agree with yeah. you because you can't do anything in life a hundred percent correct. Sure. You know, I'm just we're, my my boys and I. We just finished last night watching the the Netflix things, quarterbacks. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. really good documentary. Yeah. And you watch these high level athletes, and I think more Patrick Mahomes in this. I mean, granted, he did win the Super Bowl, so it's mm -hmm. the bigger focus. But sure. you see this young man who is just a, at the top level that you can be at, but yeah. taking a lot of responsibility on himself. That's on me and talking about that. And who knows, it could have just been for the cameras, but I highly doubt it because it's in the middle of games that they were, they're catching sure. these clips the way they clipped it. And they could have also clipped it to make him look like a tool. I'm sure if they wanted to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's that, that learning from it. And again, yeah. you know, I like that you use the term accidentally successful because I feel like, every incident i've ever been on we've been mm -hmm. accidentally successful you know we all no one does it by the letter of the law every time sure, but sure. it's our ability to self-reflect afterwards and be like man i messed that up and that goes for not just emergency scenes but parenting driving yeah. mowing my lawn like whatever you want to say right right I'd yeah i think it's more about the reflection I mean, there's certain things that we do every day or more often that we're pretty good at right but then there's these other things that we just kind of get thrown in the mix. And the good thing about firefighters is right, we're we're all pretty good at figuring it out, right? Like we're we're good at figuring it out in one way or another, um, you know. But occasionally we 
we figure it out. And when you look back at it, you're like, wow, that had a 50, 50 shot, man. Like that could like, yeah, good job at a boy brothers. But you know what? That was like, that you're was right on, we that was on the line of it could have gone in another direction, uh, you it's know, where somebody could have gotten seriously hurt or worse. And, and I, and I think it's a, it's about that reflection. That's important, you know, coming back and even if it's a 10 minute tailboard talk, to, to just say, hey, look, do you guys realize what just happened? Right. Because I know we're all hyped up right now. And we're feeling good about ourselves. But do you do you really realize like what just happened? You know, um, and it's not it to blame, you know, when you're doing that. I just did it with that. That water incident we had. Yeah. We very, I've never been in charge in one. I've been to mm -hmm. a few. They've never gone the way anyway. I feel any water incident I have been in has never gone anywhere near the way we wanted right. it to. Sure. And we needed to learn from it. And we did a quick little kitchen talk with the guys that were there. And yep. uh, hey, I'm glad you didn't do this. I'm glad we did this. I wish we could have done this. And let's try to make it better for the next time. Sure, sure. Because and and look, some people don't know, right? Right? We, yeah. we we only know what we know, right? I remember I remember years ago, right? Before I knew anything about any of this water stuff that I've gotten myself involved in over the years, and I remember a, a flooding incident where a where a local trooper tied a rope around his tied a rope around his waist and jumped out in this water and swam across to try to grab somebody and bring him back. And he made it, he ended up making, and I was like, well, look at this guy. What a hero, you know, it's Buchanan. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, now, you know, I look back at that and, and I really like, I was awestruck. I was like, wow, look at this guy. Like he's doing it. You know, now all these years later, I'm like, Boy, that could that guy could have killed himself, like in so many ways, <laughs> you know. But even back, but back then, nobody really knew. Like everybody was like just adapt and overcome. Like this, this is what works. Hey, I know if I'm on a rope, you're not going to find me in the next town over, you know. Like so, let's hopefully tie this rope. Would, hopefully, somebody was holding on to the other end of the. Yeah, rope. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's just you know we only know what we know, you know. But uh, sometimes that can be a challenge too. But, but that also, too, goes back to, you know, the word professional again, where mm -hmm. like and in, in my world, we use it like it's my profession and this sure. is my profession. And I think right. I've, I've talked about this a lot, too, in, in just my years of this, you know, because people ask me about my volunteer days and what changed when I got hired. And one of those big things, and I, I've said this before, is, you know, no matter what, I am a New Brunswick firefighter mm -hmm. first and, and not first and foremost, but I'm always a New Brunswick firefighter. Right. Sure. But for my 24 hours on duty, mm -hmm. being a New Brunswick firefighter is my priority. Sure. That's when I have to worry about it. When I yep. leave, when I give my handover to who's ever relieving me, for the next 72 hours, there's somebody else there that's that New Brunswick firefighter. Yeah. In the volunteer world, it gets a little wonkier because you are always a volunteer firefighter with a paper yes. on you. And you can't get away from that. You know, I like right. my days off. Like right now I'm on, I should be working today, but I'm, I have a vacation day because my son's mm -hmm. play and I have a little beard going. Mm -hmm. If I got called into work, this would probably just suffice for a quick call in. Sure. But I'd sure, have to go exactly. in and shave, right? Because it's not my yeah. life. Where if I was a, a structural volunteer, I would feel like every day, every other day I'm shaving just for that basics, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, and and that's why it can be hard to enforce in the volunteer world, and and 
different places handle it different ways. Uh, my agency, the guys pretty much know, you know, if you're like beyond like a shadow yeah. um, and you show up and we have a fire and you didn't have the opportunity to shave, well, sorry, you're sitting this one out. Like oh, you're gonna, gonna have to the worst other... shave ever. Like I gotta go quick. Yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> you're gonna have to. Bleeding. You're gonna have to. You're, yeah, you're gonna have to do other things. You know, but um, yeah, you, you know, and I, you know, I get that, and and I, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem in the volunteer world as well. Because look, volunteers need time off too. You know, yeah. and I think sometimes, I think sometimes volunteers forget that. Like it's okay. If you're having a bad day to not run out when the pager goes off, right? It, it, it's okay if you're just not feeling it or you need to commit more time to your kids and your family because, you know, we were busy the day before or whatever that like, we'll get by, right? It's okay. I think, I think a lot of us um, put, so much into it that we sometimes forget that you know it's all right to turn the pager off and just like to have a day off yeah. yeah just not be there yeah absolutely absolutely i think traditionally too i mean that was definitely something that didn't happen at all sure and when you're looking at like you had said before about traditions you know people are like oh well that guy did it he's the top 10 responder every year for the past 20 years sure yeah you're like, what's his life really like? Because we're learning so much more too about off the job life that yes. you know, your mental health, your physical health, uh, your medical health, you know, be beyond physical appearances, but what's going on inside of your body, you know, that that's something that we all have to be looking at. And yeah. taking that time off, like almost, and I'll probably get panned if a lot of people listen to this, but it's almost like volunteer departments need to be like, okay, this is your two week vacation. You know, okay, yeah. this is your two weeks of not responding, even though the numbers aren't there to physically do that. And I understand. Sure. But you want to give your people that rest because it's just like now in the career service. Again, EMS fire when I started, oh, you see some really bad stuff. Have a good mm -hmm. day. Your, your shift's going on tomorrow. Your shift's continuing. Whereas now we're learning so much more about, you know, post-incident stress for not just humongous incidents, but everything to sure. brief to give people a time off you can't get that in your in that world no no absolutely not i mean that that uh, the whole bucket theory you know i've heard heard a few people use that as as the analogy to the things that we see right everybody's buckets different right you know one person's bucket might be the size of this cup another's might another person's might be a 55 gallon drum but at some point in their career right and they don't know when it's going to come. A lot of times that bucket's going to overflow. Right. And you'll have taken on more than you can handle. And, you know, and, and that's, a, that can be a challenge, right? That can definitely be a challenge with what we do. And that's on top of the bucket of your personal life, your yes. marriage, your kids, your 100%. House, your family, your, I mean, you know, when, when I lost my mom uh, in the beginning of the year and towards mm -hmm. the end of last year, you know, that was my bucket. And it's crazy because actually today is my Facebook memory when we brought her home from the, the hospital on hospice care. Yeah. And for those five months, that was a huge part of my life, you know, oh, absolutely. taking care of mom. And mm -hmm. you see people that do this and they don't even think of the aspect of how it can affect them, whether they're volunteering or at the job. You know, like oh, I mean, yeah. my days at work were kind of like not my rest day, but it was like my mind was turned off not to that, but to that, because I had to be at work, but it was still filling my bucket. 
Oh, a hundred percent. And, 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 and just family life and how that interacts mentally, right. With, with the job, right. You have kids, I have kids, right. When I, when I first started out and I was single or, you know, and didn't have any kids, not, not that ch child incidents didn't bother me, but they bother everybody, right? Nobody wants to see a child get injured or hurt or, or, yeah. or God forbid worse. But you know, when you have your own and they're young or then they start driving and they become teenagers, you know, it's, it's different, right? You go to a call involving kids, um, your own children's age, right? It's, it's different, right? You go to a medical call, to a family who has a relative on hospice, when you've dealt with a family member of your own being on hospice, it's different, right? It it there's if it if it's not different, I, I don't know. You're you're fucked up, I, you know. But it's we just had an EMS walk in. I was working overtime, and I didn't really deal with it at all. But the next day, it was my shift, mm -hmm. and uh, the gentleman's son came in. And he was just trying to figure out a little bit what happened because his dad had dementia, which my mom had. Mm -hmm. And we started talking and like, dude, it was like brought me right back to that moment of yeah. you know, things that I forgot happened with my mom sure, uh, just because of so much other stuff. But but it's just one more thing in that bucket that you have to be ready to kind of deal with or yeah. have your resources to deal with, which I know, again, you talk a lot about in, in your programs. Yeah, 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 and you know, and I think I I I think we'd be missing a big point if we didn't if we didn't talk about you know we you know we talk about the professionalism we we all preach the brotherhood right brotherhood 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 yeah um, but knowing our knowing our people and knowing what they're dealing with and knowing what they're going through and I'm not saying you have to be everybody's uh, you know, everybody's therapist, right? But we're, we all know one another well enough, right? We, if, if you know the, you know, the guys and girls in your station, I know the guys and girls in my station, right? Like I know when they're off, right? I know if that top responder all of a sudden stops coming around for a few days, like, I, you know, a light bulb should go off in my head that, that, that something's, something's going on. Right. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of times, and thankfully there's a lot of programs out there that that's addressing this. Now, a lot of times we miss the mark when it comes to starting that, starting that conversation with the people that we're closest to, you know, just, you know, saying, Hey man, are you, know, are you okay? Is, yeah. is something going on or, or taking them aside or giving them a phone call, not a text message and saying, Hey, listen, I don't mean to pry, you know, but you're different these days. You know, you seem like you got something on your mind. Are talk. you okay? Do you need help? You know, whatever. Um, you know, that's a huge part of all of this, right. And, and, and what we do every day. And, and even how you approach that, you know, the, the biggest part of that is starting the conversation. Like you mm -hmm. said, and it's not an easy thing to start at all. No. And I've definitely done it a few times. And for me, I feel like a, a strategy that always works is like, look, man, I don't know, maybe this is me, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'm off, but is everything okay with you? Like, I've noticed you're not, you know, making your eggs every shift that you come in that every, right. I've noticed you because they also notice that you've noticed them doing something so much that they've stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, or yeah. I've noticed you're all of a sudden like your uniform is not what it used to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It'll change. And hey, this could just be me. And 
I found so much success with that, with whatever the situation can be. And, and sometimes to my own, uh, like, holy shit, I just opened uh, not a can of worms, but the 55 gallon drum of worms. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, Which is sure. a fear to, to, to ever want to do. But again, it's that being there for each other. And I've had people say it to me, you know, where it's like, dude, you're not the dude that, you know, or like, even I'll get this one a lot and, and sure you can understand why, but people would be like, Hey, you still working out? Like you haven't posted a workout clip in like a week. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm getting it in. I just didn't put the camera on because I'm the worst at that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're right. Starting the conversation is, is difficult. I think a lot of people use the excuse that, that, well, it's none of my business or, or, um, I, you know, I didn't know what to say. Right. And I get it. It's hard. Right. But unfortunately, some people really hide problems really, really well. And if somebody doesn't start that conversation, right. Um, it can lead to really, really bad things, you know, and look, I real, I realized this personally, you know, a year ago when I went through my, I went through a separation. Right. And and look, I know I was acting differently. I was doing my best to like be normal, Brian, and just, you know, be happy and do my thing at the firehouse and not let anybody see that I was, you know, going through some struggles, but I know I wasn't myself, you know, and, and I know, you know, small town, everybody knows everything, you know, but it, it, it really opened my eyes to the fact that people are really afraid to start those difficult conversations. Right. And, and, and here I'm thinking, you know, thankfully what I'm going through, I know I'll get through on my own. Right. And look, I, I seeked out therapy and, and, and other things to help me deal with it. But it, it really amazed me that some of the people that I have been closest with, right. In emergency services that I know knew what was going on didn't say a word or when they finally did say a word it was like six months later and they're like hey man you know like i, I knew you were going this thing yeah i knew you were going through some stuff but i just didn't really know how to start the conversation you know and, and look had that been a major like well it was a major change but you know what i mean like had i been somebody that was like struggled with like real depression or real anxiety or real you know and taking that down a darker road um, God, I would really hope that somebody would have been there to say something. You know what I mean? It, it's so hard because again, like, and, and I, I, I see both sides of the story, right? And I think sure, you, I you do are, too. A hundred percent. You're like, this is so, but it's just these conversations. It's so easy for me and you to talk about it now until we're right. the ones kind of involved in it. You know, but you I, and I, you and I, I know have both, cause I know, I, I know, you know, the type of person that you are and you and I, I know have both been on the sides of the starting the awkward conversation. Yeah. And usually the response is, wow, I, I, I really, whether they want to take a deeper dive with you or not, right? More often the response is somebody is just really genuinely happy that somebody actually noticed and gave a crap. Yeah. You, you know? For sure. And you never have to maybe even go that far. And sometimes right. it even happens in mid-conversation. You know what sure. I mean? Like, Because again, 
we can go back to our relationship where listen, we're not like texting besties every day and in each other's lives and sending right. memes and, and blah blah blah. All that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. You know? But I if when you were to say to me, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm getting I'm having a separation, or I think at one point I had said to you something like that I had going on with, with someone or a friend, we were right there for each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's that also end of reaching out and just being there and listening or right. whatever it is, like, hey, I'm always here for you. That could be just what someone needs to hear. You know, right. And, and, and more often than not, when you're dealing with this, you know, when you're when you're doing this kind of stuff, you, you got to stay away from the texting. Right. Like you, you, you no got to. We said it before. There's yeah, no tone. Or yeah, there's no that. tone in a text. And it's way like if if you were to text me and say, hey, man, you seem a little off. Everything OK. It's really easy for me to be like, all good. Yep. You know, but if you picked up the phone and called me and been like, hey, Brian, what's going on, man? You know, we start talking be like, hey, listen, you know, I just just want to check in on you. Is everything OK? Right? Like, yeah, look, I could be. You know, really good at faking it, you know, or, you know, so a lot of times and I know with myself, with the people that I've reached out to over the years for whatever the reason. Right. Could be they have nothing going on at all. They're just taking a break like you and I were talking about before, you know, but I call them up and say, hey, I haven't seen you at the station in like two weeks. Is everything OK? You know. They'll go into what they've been doing on the phone versus good, in a good text. And different. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. They'll go into it on the phone, but on a text, they're just like, yeah, I'm good. Oh, OK. So then you're sitting on the other side. You're like, well, are they really good? Or are they not good? Like, like, do I need to follow up on this? You, you, you know what I mean? That's like when you get the, the, I know you've had to have this. You're seeing the three dots. You're in a text message and you're seeing the three dots and you're seeing the three dots. And then all of a sudden the phone just rings and that person. Oh, oh yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to go somewhere else. I even oh, worse. Than, just stay forever. No, even worse than that is like, you see the three dots, you see the three dots, you look away, you come back, you see the three dots. And then you never get a message and you're like, what the hell? Like, well, oh, I just they... called. That's when I called. That's when I'm like, what the fuck, man? There's three dots on my phone. This can't stay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Were you thinking not, about replying and then you decided just not to? Like, what the hell's going on, you know? My one buddy, actually. <laughs> I love him to death. I had that going on and I just called him. So I'm like, the three dots are here forever. And he's like, keep writing things and erasing them. And I'm like, then just say it to me and we'll figure it out. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, tell, yeah. Me, tell me what's up. But that's, again, part of this evolution in society. Right. Sure. Like, listen, I'm a big texter. I'm not going to lie. You're, you're oh, yeah. We, we text more than we talk, you and I. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But there's that level of like, nope, I'm giving him a call now. This is something where like we got to talk or, right. you know, I know you've gone through some stuff with, with, um, with a line of duty death and you and I were on the phone a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. That time. Um, and we still, I still actually owe you a podcast episode now that I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, COVID. yeah. It's like the only yeah. time I've been too sick to do something was, yeah. You needed me to help you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad, but anyway. yeah, we had a bad couple month run. Um, th th well, one, you know, we did have one line of duty, and we were very, very close to potentially having two more in the in the same couple month run. And uh, you know, look, it's it's one of those things that um, we always talk about. You know, we've been the, you know, unfortunately, we've been to plenty of line of duty death funerals, um, but when it happens right in front of you. Literally, you're standing there and somebody just goes down, you know, uh, it 
it, 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 it changes you forever. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. It changes you forever. It changes your perspective. It changes the conversations that maybe you were afraid to have before that you're not afraid to have anymore. Um, you know, it's, it, especially in my world, because there are lots of volunteer agencies that will, it will take anybody to do this literally anybody, you know, if they can pass the physical, which if it's not much of a physical, you know, if they can pass the physical, Go on and do go on and do great things, you know. You need bodies, you need bodies. like right, right. And uh, you know that that really wasn't that wasn't the case with with this one here. But uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, you know we we look. I've been I've been teaching for a long time. I've been doing Courage to Be Safe and some of these other national programs for a long time. You know, talking about cardiac related incidents and never in a million years did I think that it would happen right in front of me, you know, and it, it definitely, it, it changes you for sure. It's not something you think about, you know, no. it's not something anybody thinks about, you know what I no. mean? Even doing no. uh, bystander CPR. I did bystander CPR and was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I had done CPR. I don't even know how many times. Yeah. And I watched this dude in a competition, in a CrossFit competition, go drop right in literally in front of me. Yeah. And, afterwards i was so amped up i couldn't even think like, yeah oh I had to yeah go outside and i'm like oh my god we just did that like yeah yeah meanwhile yeah. The, the people are working out like literally working out next to us because they're in a competition and we're reviving this guy and he can't yeah, right you know what yeah, i mean like he walked yeah, out of the hospital two three days later but like it, it's this thought processes of just thought processes but just processing things mm -hmm. that you have to learn and evolve and how we process them yeah evolve, i think the evolution is key and that's what i think is great about what you're doing with the, the professional brotherhood you know as you're talking about this evolution that it's not the way it was sure a case of beer after a fire i mean even career volunteer nothing there was definitely lots of alcohol involved in the fire service in the past oh yeah 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 absolutely 100 percent. and lots of alcohol involved when i first got involved in the fire service you know I watched, I watched the evolution of the bar in the firehouse in, in, in my first, in my first department, you know, it, it was there. It was a staple there when I first joined and you had your four o'clock club of guys that would come in every day and, you know, throw back beers. And if the tones dropped would walk right outside the door and jump right on those apparatus and out they'd go, you know, then the book, you know, the bar went away and they're, you know, I remember them saying, Oh, this is going to be the death of the volunteer firehouse here. That's still, changed. Here. still, still here. there. Yeah. It's still there. They're still volunteering. You know, there's always but, the doom and gloom, you know? Chicken, yeah. Oh yeah. My last, yeah, my last guest said it last week, Aaron, like the chicken little, the sky is falling. The sky has been falling forever and it's still yeah. keep falling on us, you know? Everything yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they thought bunker pants were going to be the end of the fire service or yep. you know, not being able to ride on the tailboard was going to be nope. the end of the fire no service. No mechs hoods. I mean, <laughs> I, look, we all heard the same. Like, I, I'm sure you heard the same, you know, same speeches. You kids are never going to know when to turn around because you won't feel your ears burning. I'm like, well, if my ears are burning, I don't want to be in there to begin with. <laughs> you know? and, and those guys were very wrong because I've definitely felt my ears on the back of my neck burning. Yeah. yeah. No mechs hood on. Where yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah. especially too, like you can't you can't see the fire. You know what I mean? And you're like, right. why am I burning up right now? This is so not what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, else. absolutely. 100 <laughs> percent You have that piece fall on you and you're like, what's back here? Let me move this. Yeah, I don't want to get burned. I'm happy I have this Nomex hood. 
yeah 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 me too dude we so, can we can sit here and talk about this evolution because i really think that's what now this podcast has become like it's just evolution you know we've been talking yeah. about just evolving as people as firefighters as people as volunteer career whatever you want to say it but it's just that constant evolution and i love that we've been able to talk about this and i'm hoping some folks took some stuff away from it yeah i agree yeah I, look i I think you can take something away from everything as long as you have an open mind. I think that's that's the biggest issue I think we have in the fire service with some people, right? Is they're af they they're afraid to open their mind to hey, you know, like like what we said before. I mean, there's good people and bad people in every aspects of life and every job, it doesn't matter what you do, right? But you know, we can all learn from the good people, regardless of, you know, what side of the fence they sit on, you know, yeah, it's, it's but, a, the, the Mr. Rogers line, you know, yeah. the helpers, you know, look yeah. for the people out there helping and that's what you want. And they yeah. don't have to be helping on a big red fire truck. You know, they could be helping by bringing in their neighbor's trash. Sure. Can, yeah. Know, or shovel in their snow or anything like that. So absolutely. Awesome, dude. Well, we're at that one hour mark. I like to right. keep these around that one hour mark, but we do have we do have the size up 10. You would think I would I'd have these memorized by now because I think it's like the 10th time I've done this, but I don't. It's just <laughs> I kind of I kind of know the way it goes. And You're saving that part of your memory for something bigger. <laughs> my core right. memory. for yeah, something. Sir. <laughs> I'm actually wondering, too, I'm like, should I change these? And I'm like, I don't know. I said I was going to do this for a while. So I want to keep going with it, but you know, it's always fun. It's supposed to go quick. It never does. So yeah, let's see what you got here. All right. right let's see what happens. Beach or mountains. Mm, God, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I got to go with one, huh? Uh, I'm gonna... I let my less good, my guest last week go with both, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would probably, be, I'd probably be a 50, 50 split guy. Cause look, I'm yeah, a big yeah. ski. I'm a big skier. Uh, ski patrol, all that fun stuff, but I love the beach, you know? So I never see myself retiring to a soul. Like I'm not going to Florida. I can tell you that right now, you know, like. So, so you're, you're, you're going seasonal here. So I'm seasonal. Out, I'm seasonal. seasonal. There you go. Seasonal. I'm going seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not saying the seasonal will be New York. It might be some, it might be nicer. Not no, we have nice mountains. It might be bigger mountains, but yeah. Higher, seasonal. higher elevated mountains. Seasonal. Seasonal. Number yeah. one, seasonal. That's a new answer for that. All right. Night out or night in? Uh, night in. A good book or a good movie? Good movie. Cross-country road trip. Who's your co-pilot? Uh, my girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. Do you make your bed every day? I do. I do because nice, nice I read the book about making your bed and, and it really, if you've never read that book, right. It's uh, it really does uh, reflect on a lot of aspects of life. So yes, I do. Yep. You are the first person to point out that I basically stole that line from, from someone else to, to ask that question. So yeah. <laughs> so I was going with it being my idea the whole time. And oh, okay. You ruined it for, for sorry. All of <laughs> sorry. You're going to have to add some credits to the end of the show notes now. Way to go friend. A million dollars right now from the national fire radio bank of, or go back to 18 years old with a redo. I'll take the money now. Taking the money? I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll it's take not the coming. Money. We don't have that. Yeah. Coming. Well, uh, you, you oh. know, you know, the back end of running a podcast. We don't yeah. Have no, no, I do. I do. 
Highway or back roads? Back roads. I figured that one. Mm. Bucket list place to visit. Ooh, bucket list place to visit. Um, well, s- sticking with your, your your my seasonal theme here, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have I'm gonna have two. Uh, I am gonna say um, Hawaii on the on the warm end of things. Okay, and I am gonna say the Alps on the mountainous end of things. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. I'm, I'm getting to the Alps someday. I've been to Hawaii a couple times. It's, it's yeah. worth the trip. But the Alps yeah. is on that list for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, this is the most challenging one for most people. So it's going to be either football or football. <laughs> football. Nice. Straight yeah. out football. Straight out football. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one here. The best advice you could give to your younger self. Best advice I could give to my younger self. Um, I, I think probably the biggest thing that I feel I have learned over the last 10 years, had I known it 40 years ago was, was that whole open mind aspect, right? Just, just keep an open mind, be a sponge, absorb as much as you can realize that you, regardless of what you think, you know, you absolutely never know it all. Right. And chill with the attitude. Right. Because such a good lesson. Such yeah. Cause, good yeah, lesson. cause I think we've all, we've all been there. I look, I say, it, I say it a lot because I've been fortunate enough to go through the chief's ranks a couple of times. And I tell guys all the time, they're like, Oh God, dude, you're so good at this. You're so good at that. I said, listen, man, I said, if you knew me 15 years ago, when I wore this white hat the first time, like I was a much different person. Like I thought I knew it all. I kind of carried myself like I thought I knew it all. I didn't know shit, right? Uh, it, it's it's evolution. You just got to keep learning. And you still don't know <laughs> shit, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love the the chill with the attitude line because I think about it like I, I can still do that today. Like everybody oh, yeah. does that all the time, right? But yeah. I remember, you know, Finn was a little guy in his car seat behind me and I don't know, somebody cut me off or someone did something and I was like, just ready to go off like I would in the car. Mm-hmm. Like somehow in my, like, whether I was going to flip the dude the bird and start screaming or rolling down the window, I happened to glance in the rear view and see him just kind of like staring back at me with his little eyes. Right. Like he was bigger, like enough to, to you know, whatever. Realize what was going on. Yeah, yeah realize what was going on. Yeah. And I was like, mother. Hmm. And then I really thought about that. It was like, damn, I got to chill with this because this little guy is, is learning and sponging. Like you said, he is sure. a sponge um, yeah. as opposed to now he's 13, three years he'll be driving. And I'm like, Finn, look at this jerk off driving. Like, this is how you don't want to drive. I'm trying to take yeah, that yeah, as a yeah. teaching moment for him. Yeah. Um, but we could all, look, we all have our moments. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I, none of us are perfect. I'm definitely not perfect now, but you know, like you, you have those, I, I feel like as you age, you definitely, well, most people I feel gain more self-control, right? You, sometimes you put a little bit more thought into that reaction or into what you're gonna, you know, into what the, you know, that the first thing off your tongue might be, you know, like you, you're like, uh, no, no, no roll that back <laughs> you, you know so yeah perfect way to end this one i like it it's good I time thank you enough my friend brian 
Salar. 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 You got Salar. it. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm almost there because yep, my yep, brain yep. is telling me to say solar. I'm tell me to say <laughs> I know. Solar. I know. It's tough. It's so hard. It's so hard. But brother, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on the size up here with me. It's been a, a great time and, and we're definitely going to have to do this again or have to jump over on the professional brotherhood or I don't know. we'll figure some stuff. We'll out. figure We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Awesome, man. But as always, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsors each week. You know, we really can't do this without you. We really can't do it without the listeners. And I am going to get some more posts about the listeners soon because I, I owe you guys a little bit of gratitude, as we talked about on episode 28 with, with Aaron. Um, but you guys are keeping this thing rolling. And so for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, this has been Pip, and we will catch you next time. 